0: Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice. And we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damn as we are, we are ready to bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Chris, at the beginning of that, I did not have like my prompt, whatever, to show me. And I actually knew the prompt without It's like memorized. The script. 100 it's episodes amazing. in. Yes, very good. <laughs> well, we are way over 100. I think so. So, Kim White for mayor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Chris is a trip, guys. So, we, last week we were in Chattanooga to visit some friends or like to visit the Project YM team. And as we come into town, like we're driving in from the airport and there is like a little yard sign after a little yard sign after a little yard sign. And it's like so-and-so running for mayor. So-and-so running for mayor. There there had to have been 10, maybe 15 different people running for mayor. Um And it was ridiculous. Like we were joking about like it having to be like what it, it costs a quarter to file for mayor in that town. <laughs> like I want to be mayor. Here's a quarter. And so everybody's running for mayor. And uh, and Chris, you know, his his attention gets focused on one, and well, we don't, I, have no I idea why. one, and and the reason why <laughs> I picked one, I think, is is the the
1: purpose of the podcast this episode. But uh, there were a lot of different signs, and all of a sudden, we just started voting on it. We have no idea. We're strangers to this town, so we just start voting. Like this is who I'm going to. Everybody everybody
0: picks their candidate and starts saying why their candidate is the best. We have no idea about any of these candidates' platforms or anything.
1: But we hitched our carriage to Kim White for mayor. That's the-, that's the You that's did. The horse we I was going over
0: I... Dr. Lenandra, I think.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a <laughs> Kelly, and then there was a Bob the Builder guy. There were all sorts of different ones. Um, but uh, but anyway, so what, what ended up happening is I thought it'd be real funny to actually contact Kim White for mayor, political <laughs> office or whatever, and- on the, the second or third day, like wear a campaign shirt to our meeting with like everybody. Surprise everybody
0: else with the shirt on.
1: Because we had built it up. It became a little bit of a thing and a little bit of a running joke as well. And then I sent him an email and they contacted me back. It was excellent communication, very friendly. They're like, come on in. So that day. I was day really
0: confused because I thought Chris was just going to like, like making, like, I don't like. I, yeah. I felt like we were making fun of these people. And then he's going to go get a shirt from them to make fun of them. And I was like, Chris, I don't know if this is morally legit. I don't think we should be doing this. But so Chris on the way actually there, was honest.
1: Yes. On the way there, <laughs> I forget my mask. And so the person who's driving has one of those disposable masks in their car. And I walk in and there's Kim White for Mayor masks sitting right there. And then she says, and here's the t shirt sizes that I requested one for myself and one for Matt. I was like, we'll both wear it because we're both foreigners. We literally can't vote, you know. And uh, and I get the shirts and they're long sleeve shirts. It's like the, the Primo like treatment. My, my wife is so grateful that you said she can have the shirt. <laughs> so now my wife and I have matching lime green Kim <laughs> White for Mayor shirts. They are not lime um,
0: green, they were much classier than that
1: whatever green it was. I don't know. Pretty green. (laughs) Pea green? No. (laughs) Okay. What are you doing? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And so so I get back to the car and I'm like, we're all jazzed. The guy that was driving us was like, what? You guys are crazy. That's hilarious. And then hilarity ensues. But Matt did. He asked me, he's like, did you just kind of go scam people out of a shirt? And I said, no, absolutely not. I went in there and I complimented him. The thing that attracted me to that sign, that campaign, and Kim White, right? Ended up being the way that they presented themselves. So the Bob the Builder kind of for mayor person, his sign, and again, they're just like 11 by 14, like they're just yard signs. His sign was so cluttered, like the the font size was small to where you couldn't see it. Uh, A lot of the other ones didn't have as much kind of attractiveness in regards to just the design. But the Kim White for Mayor signs were simple, they looked pretty, and they used a lot of blank space to kind of create kind of an attractiveness or an elevated kind of piece to it. And so I thought <laughs> I almost as- I
0: almost feel like we should have changed the name of these people because I feel like we are a political ad for this person at this point. No, no. So w- w- <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm not, interrupting I'm not- you. Go ahead.
1: I'm not saying that you should vote for Kim White for mayor or not. And I also don't know if we have more than two listeners out in Chattanooga, which is where she's running for mayor. So I think we're pretty safe since 99% of our listening audience is outside of this area. Um, But what I am saying is I think that she was running a campaign that went really well. And the reason why I think it went well is because it was simplistic. It wasn't complicated. That's at least what drew me to some of her campaign materials that we saw as we were driving around town. It was simplistic. It was attractive. And uh, of course, after we got the items, we went online and we started searching up, oh my gosh, what's her stance on abortion? Because yeah. we're afraid I, I have, that all of a sudden we have this shirt of someone that might- And it, I don't go, want
0: anybody to take a photo of me wearing it because what if, you know, I, right. I have never, ever like campaigned for a candidate. I've never worn anything. I've never put a sign in my yard or anything like that. And I don't know if that makes me a bad American or a bad whatever. Like, um, but it was like, I'm, and now I'm putting on this shirt of, of, of this woman that I have no idea what she stands for or anything like that, just like for a joke. And it was a darn funny joke.
1: <laughs> but you have campaigned for a candidate, Right. They will know that we are Christians by our love. And so in the way that you live as a ministry leader, in the way that you lead as a ministry leader, you're saying, Jesus Christ, choose him over Snapchat, over TikTok. Choose him over the sin that you uh, that you comfort yourself with or self-medicate yourself with. Choose him over the frustration or bitterness that you might hold on to. Like, that's the reality. And sometimes as Catholics, we make our message so complicated.
0: Mm. yeah,
1: Right? And when people are like, well, why are you a, a, a Catholic? And then you're like... Well, let me go ahead and break down John six for you, you know, and this is the bread of life discourse. And they're like, I don't know who Jesus is. I was just asking why you were Catholic and you're sitting there talking about the Eucharist. And what I need to know is like, why religion whatsoever? And so I think that there was something about the simplicity for that political campaign that I think we as ministry leaders can emulate model or learn from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I'm still thinking about the incident itself. But like, for you to actually tell the the person, I'm actually not from town. We are redoing our logo, and we thought your stuff was really simple and stuff like that. I, I thought was very, in- integrous, in high integrity. That's the yeah. Because I and I actually, as she
1: handed the shirt, she's like, you know, where do you live? And I said, I'm not from town. And 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 I I I did not receive the item until I let her know that information. Um, But I did say, I think that it models what it means to have a good, clean, simple design. And I believe that in ministry, uh, that we could do a better job about doing that in regards to not just design. And I know we have so much of a growth area. If you've ever seen a church bulletin, like (laughs) it is okay not to have every little inch filled with information. Sometimes it can just look good. Like aesthetics was something that the church owned, like any church that you've ever been to in in Europe and things like that. You know, that we were winning the aesthetics competition. I don't believe that we're still doing that in what's being created today. And there are a lot of young Catholic creatives that are trying to change that. And I want to encourage ministry leaders to get on that bandwagon. Um, But that's, that's a part of it. But I also think in the messaging, there's something simplistic before you get into all the other, you know, holy days of obligation or all the other uh moral teachings and, and even crack open the catechism, there's a beautiful reality in regards to the God of the universe wanted to have intimate relationship with us. And Jesus Christ came yeah. and became and, man. He took on flesh. And then he teaches us that we can call God Abba. Like those two pieces, that that's simple enough that we can call God Daddy like that's that that alone is like reason enough for someone to be like I want to wear that t-shirt. I yeah. want to walk around saying I can call God daddy. And well, that's and the that's the relationship we 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 proclaim.
0: Even if you take the analogy of what we did, so we um we were attracted to the shirt even if it was for a joke. You know, we were attracted to that like campaign um, and then we were like, Oh, let's make a joke out of it or whatever. And then it was like, well, let's learn more about this person before we start taking photographs and, like of the joke or <laughs> whatever. And so then we dive into and we're le- we're learning more about it, you know. And I think like the same kind of thing can happen on like what you're talking about as far as ministry leaders. Like a simple message that is attractive, people will start to investigate. Okay, tell me more. You know, what is there more about this? And then they they start to learn more themselves about what's going on. I think we do, we get so focused on teaching all of the things, even in like religious ed, even in RCIA, even in like uh, PSR or in youth group, We're, we're so focused on teaching all the things when, when really everyone does their best learning when they are seeking for themselves. Like, can we do something? Can we be simple enough that it inspires them to, to search on their own?
1: and and it's easier to win hearts than it is uh to win minds right you can you can have an argument with someone and they disagree but they're like oh i see your point of view agree to disagree and they can move on and there's mm-hmm. there's peace that happens in that it's easier to win hearts and be like, I I experienced love here. But first, I honestly think that we have to appeal to what is true, good, and beautiful. And that beauty piece, I think, is what draws people into dialogue. I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by the way that this person lives their life. Or you hear about some of the holiness of the saints. Or like when I was at World Youth Day and, and, and the mobile drove by with JP2, there's other people that I've talked to that were like, the air around us changed. There was something mm. electric in the air. And it wasn't because... He was, you know, could speak 17 languages or all these other things. It was because he was holy and holiness is attractive. Like it is just plain attractive. And in the way that he lived, he was campaigning for Jesus Christ. He wasn't campaigning for himself. He wasn't saying, look at me. He was like John the Baptist. He's like, look at who I look at. Look at Jesus, you know? And so there, there is something about beautiful before we hit the head or the heart Um, we have to hit that, that, that beauty and holiness is, is beautiful.
0: And that's where like a lot of the extra stuff matters. Um, either in the way you design a flyer, the way you design your bulletin, like you said, um, whatever shirts you have, whether it's for ministry leaders within your program or whatnot, the environment, stuff like that, like all of that stuff matters. Um, and it's, but it's, and it's simple. It's how we talk about LGBTQ Like that is the
1: simple message is first and foremost, love persists and all the other details. Cause sometimes I think that we go into those, those youth nights and I've seen it on, on, on a number of hot topics, abortion and, and things like that. But we go in trying to win an argument instead of trying to love a soul. Yeah. And I think that that approach is too complicated. It's not, not that it's, it's bad in a number of ways because there is truth in those arguments that, that dialogue, there's a place for that dialogue. Um, But if that's what we're leading with, if we're leading with it, I don't think people want to see, (laughs) no one wants to see more political debates. We learned that last year, but no one wants to to have a debate um, unless it's a competition and they're hoping to win their side win. Uh, But first and foremost, we have to lead with that beautiful piece. It's like, regardless of where you're at in your identity, you're first a child of God.
0: Well, and I think with that may also come with... um... I don't know being comfortable with being misunderstood. So if you just take that example, um, and um, as far as the youth minister goes, and you lead with love and you talk about that, without talking about the church teaching is, in particular, like even that the whole night is just like talking about that. Now, I don't know if you would do that or would what or what not. Um, I think most ministry leaders would not, would not just. Talk about that because they're afraid of what mom or dad might hear when they get home, or someone else might hear. Like all they said was that we're supposed to love them, and it's like that's true. You know, like even even if we're if even if we're going to teach someone, um, we like that's all we're actually called to do is to love them, um, even even if, even while we're teaching them. You know, and so I think sometimes we can get paralyzed, um, like to do the simple because of the, the reaction or the response that other people may have. Like simple is the way we should be doing it for sure. Um, but right. we're uh, afraid of what someone else might perceive based on our simplicity.
1: Right. And there, there can be a danger, just to clarify, if I teach my son while he's driving and I'm like, I'm just going to keep it simple. The pedal on the right, that's your gas. Let's go. And
0: mm-hmm. then we're
1: going places but if i don't also teach them the pedal on the left is the brake then that's 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 dangerous so i i don't want it to be so simple that we're being dangerous with with the truth but there there's something about it that draws people in because we did not research all of kim white's kind of stances and things like that until first we encountered the the beauty of kind of the signage and, and we were drawn in first and then we went deeper And I think in ministry, sometimes we go deep because we assume that everyone is already ready and already there. And, and I think it needs to be a model. I think that the simplicity of just like Christ was just present with his disciples, like he gives us a model and yes, there was the sermon on the Mount, but my goodness, there were all the parables as well. And the parables, like you could be dumb and you could follow along like that is beautiful. He kept his messaging so simple because he wanted to make it accessible and there's something beautiful about that. Now, yeah. on that, I'm going to pivot just a little bit. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's go. So Matt Rice said, it's a joke. It was a joke for a punchline. I want to let you know that it wasn't a joke. Like I, Chris Bartlett, am very jovial. I like to joke. Most of them are dad jokes. I'm a quantity, not quality type of jokester. So if I tell 100 jokes and two of them land and I want to make four laughs, then I've got to tell 200 jokes. Like it's just that that type of thing. But there's moments where it's like, no, this is a moment and an opportunity. And so reaching out, actually, part of it is just to be human. So when I reached out to the political office, I was like, what would it be like to actually I thought it would be kind of cool to be able to have dialogue and say, I think this is really neat. And there was dialogue. So after we got the shirts and everything, we took a couple pictures with them. I sent them a thank you email. There was a continued dialogue in regards to the relationship that had been built. It wasn't just I got back to the car and I started giggling in the backseat. I was excited, but I wasn't like, oh, we sure tricked Kim. I actually was like, we were actually blessed by Kim. She gave us a shirt, and we sought to bless her in return by taking a couple of pictures of me with the shirt on and blah, blah blah, blah blah. But I just want to clarify that sometimes as a ministry leader who is a lot of times running with the joke and the humor, I can be misunderstood. And that happened a couple of times this last week in regards to it, we were just sharing life and sharing stories. and I shared a story about a bed falling on my dad, which was really, really scary. Because we were talking, it was in context, we were talking about Murphy beds and different things like that. And, like, Matt and Michael both looked at each other. (laughs) We were were
0: waiting the entire story, waiting for the punchline. Because this is how Chris, like, leads up to really cheesy jokes, is telling a story that sounds really serious or even halfway serious and then, like, landing with, like, a cheesy joke. And so Michael and I are just sitting there waiting, waiting. We're smiling. We're waiting. We're waiting. And then it got to the end and we're like, oh, God, we are awful people. Like, this (laughs) is a real story.
1: (laughs) They were waiting to laugh at my father's, uh, brush with death. Right. And, uh, and so I, I think for me, it, it's an interesting thing because actions like reaching out to someone and being like, Hey, this is a really cool campaign. Can we get some shirts? Um, and, and people being like, Oh, that's just Bartlett doing a punchline. I actually was genuinely impressed. And I shared as such, I didn't come in and meet the, the person in the office and be like, haha, we got this, you know, or anything like that. Like, it was it was a beautiful exchange of humanity that I think sometimes people can be misunderstood if they fall into a persona. And so maybe at it, it, it your program or your parish, you're you're the youth minister and you've got to come up with every game. Every time there's a staff retreat or something like that, it's like, well, we'll put you in charge of the games and you're like, but I can also lead prayer, like there's some depth in that. Maybe you're the person that's the liturgist, and so you're you're the one that's always responsible for, you know, setting things up and you're like, but I'm also excellent at these other pieces, I would encourage you and challenge you to to stretch people's understanding of you. That way you can share more of yourself with them. even if the first couple of times it's confusing to them or awkward, kind of like my story of like, hey, I have real stories about people I love and care about. And here's a, here it is, I'm sharing it. And everyone's like, <laughs> where's the punchline? Where's the punchline? There was no punchline. It was just me sharing about my own history, you know. Um, so it's okay to, to stretch yourself and stretch others in regards to their opinions of you. Or their opinions of how ministry is done. If you've always done ministry in one certain way, and you're like, I think I'm going to pivot and try something different, and I'm going to do it simple, and I'm going to do it accessible, kind of like the, the the political campaign that we saw. Um, but but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try I, um, to showcase other
0: aspects of who you are. Yeah. So I I think like there's something like so the whole reason that you reached out to the political campaign was for a joke, um, but you had a Catholic mindset and perspective of the person and the people um it was it was not a culture of death like that you are uh, something i'm going to use for right. this joke that was not that at all and that's you never treat any human like that i've never seen you treat a human like that right even if you're going to even if you're hoping to get a laugh out of something um, you will treat that person like a person, like like whoever it is that's, that's involved, and that's exactly what happened, and that's what I know that happened. Like, and your reaction with that that person, um, I know that she felt seen, and she felt heard, and she felt appreciated by you, which is also kind of crazy that you can do that in the middle of a joke. Like, other people like may not do that, um. They may just take it for the, like the joke that it is and not see the other person as a person. And that's a, that's just a very Catholic way of seeing people. So I have been described
1: as playful, like that I have the gift of being playful. And so I saw an opportunity for joy and I guess you could call it a joke or whatever, but I saw an opportunity for joy of yeah. being playful. And and you've seen that too, when a waitress comes up and like, I just have extra dialogue when we're yeah. out at, you know, um, and it's it's me just being playful. I'm not trying to joke or belittle people. And you know that about me. Some other people don't. They're like, oh, yeah. Chris is always quick with a joke. And now he just made a joke at someone's expense. And that being misunderstood, it hurts yep. on two levels. One, because you're being seen as doing something that you're you're not actually doing. But the second is that you're actually not being truly seen. Mm-hmm. And that, that, yep. that, that's why, that's why um, when I'm in mixed company, right? Like when we went out to dinner with the diocesan director, I was, I was a little bit more sitting up straight and a little bit more guarded, <laughs> yeah. but when it's just you, me, and the Project YM team, yeah, I can be more authentically me because I know that I'm seen, and if for some reason my actions step out of what is norm and someone gets a little bit offended by that, that they're like, well, I know Chris's heart. If uh,
0: and, if you guys want to see what Chris is like when he's trying to behave, listen to the first few episodes of this podcast because <laughs> because he was he was not not his normal self, and I called him out on it so often. I feel like at the very beginning,
1: <laughs> our, our, our producer Taylor invited me onto a show one time, and he knows me, and he's like, "Tell the story about your boxer shorts and all these different pieces." When I was in you know the first pair of boxer shorts I ever wore, I didn't know that they were boxer shorts that they were underwear, so I wore them to school. <laughs> as my shorts and some kid at school was like why are you wearing underwear as your shorts I'm like these are my shorts and I learned a lot that day you know and and then he gets me on his is and I'm just like um, the theological implications of this statement, you know, and I just went total academic and yes. So I'm glad uh, so that now, now people on the podcast get to know authentically Chris Unleashed yes, because I'm very right. comfortable here with this audience, with this community, <laughs> <Good>. um, <laughs> even if I can be misunderstood sometimes. But I'm saying that I think it's worth the risk to maybe be misunderstood occasionally um, so that you can authentically share who
0: you are. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and like, otherwise we all end up being whitewashed versions of ourselves and it's not, that's not really you. That's not who you are. And that's why, like, whenever you're in that mode, it's like, I don't like this guy. This is not Chris. (laughs) Like, I want my Chris back.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, it's in leadership as well. Sometimes it's hard navigating that because, um, just like you, uh, we can step into modes where it's like, okay. I'm accompanying people, I'm ministering to people, but there's other times where it's like, no, we got to get these, these chairs stacked. Yeah. I got to be the boss
0: today. I got to be the boss right now. Yeah. And and you you kind of step
1: into drill Sergeant Chris or, or boss, boss, Matt, or whatever it is. And it's like, we got to do this and we got to do this. But at the same time, sometimes that you have more relational authority to do that because of the way you were sitting next to him just hours prior. And I think that people want to follow people that know them and they feel known by um, uh, versus people who have authority and are up in an ivory tower. Um, And, and a lot of times that, that messaging that we talked about in it being simple, ivory tower, people can craft a simple message, but people who are authentically with the people and accompanying them organically showcase the message in its simplicity. Yep. And I think that's the difference. You can and I, and I think maybe that's where the political campaign is a little bit different because they hired a a, a, a PR firm to create their messaging and to create their, their their political signs and things like that. And so that was that was crafted. Whereas had you and I grown up in Chattanooga and went to the same schools that Kim White went to, that we would see that sim- simplistic messaging that that she showcased so well as maybe more authentic and more more grassroots type of thing, and I hope that when we as ministry leaders accompany people, that they see the simple message of the gospel as something that comes organically from who we are, as opposed to some twelve-step thing of like, okay, now you're now you're past this threshold. You know, forming intentional disciples says the next threshold is the threshold of trust. Let's move into that threshold now. You know, I mean, it's a real simple process, but if you make it too contrived, it doesn't feel organic. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So be authentically you and be simple in regards to that. Um, And I want to say this in the way that we live our lives, we should absolutely be proclaiming in all that we are and all that we do, Jesus Christ for mayor. (laughs) And that's our show today, you guys. Oh, come on. (laughs) I think that's so good.
0: It it had to be there at some point. (laughs) Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. Please send any feedback you guys have to mla at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone.
1: And if you think we've been doing a good job at showcasing Jesus Christ for mayor, not just like the face <laughs> Matt makes whenever I say it, leave us a five-star review. That would really help us out and really help us to get this podcast out to more people. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone.
0: And if you want to go far, we go together. Take
1: some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and think about the simplistic messaging that you could be doing
0: in your ministry. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Little Anonymous, where Chris will not finish the joke about his dad's Murphy bed because it was not a joke. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, guys. God bless you.